Welcome to the Prime Life Project Podcast, a place to help you unlock your full potential, both mentally and physically, to become the best version of you. Welcome back to another episode of the Prime Life Project Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel James, and today we have an amazing show for you. Today I'm interviewing Tommy Gentleman, and Tommy Gentleman, for those of you that don't know, is an award-winning entrepreneur, consultant and speaker, who's been helping people to achieve their full potential since 2007. But from then up until now, Tommy's launched a gym with over 350 members, runs a successful private coaching business, a podcast, and delivered a TED Talk just to name a few. And on top of that, he's also released a book called Back Yourself, which is all about turning challenge into confidence, which I think could not be more relevant right now. So I'd like to say a very warm welcome, Tommy. Well, thank you so much for having me, and what a fantastic introduction that was. I had to shorten it down. There's so much stuff that I could have said about you. I thought, I can't list it all, and then I was just like, I'll have to chop it down. So again, you've had a big fitness background, you've had a personal training studio, you've, you've had all sorts. Yeah, I've kept busy. I think that's the, the, like a key mindset that I um, took from very early age, which I'm grateful for, um, that I wanted to always do more every year i used i, I used new year's eve as a marker just a chronological marker a, yeah. line, a line in the sand and um i just set this goal i just want to do everything as fast as possible and like don't get me wrong mate it's been great but it's also had its like downside sometimes doing things too quickly yeah but um that was a great intro and um and yeah hopefully we can we can give people some value today yeah that's the ultimate goal for me today um but first i've got a question uh, more for myself personally really um how did you transition from being a personal trainer to then owning your own gym to then moving into the personal development consultation space because to a lot of people that might not seem like a logical step but obviously i know that it's a very very logical step um but i feel that there must be uh, some sort of story behind it yeah i guess i was inspired by tony robbins mm-hmm. at a very very early age probably 17 um and i just thought that's the end goal like not necessarily being like exactly what he's doing but to be able to and the thing which 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 i really admire about him still to this day i do he has such an impact on people yes yeah so it's not about being a great speaker it's not about having businesses online and having various events the bit that attracted me so much, the part that attracted me so much was the impact that he can have on a human being. He changes lives. He changes lives, mm. absolutely, and on mass, like on mm. like mass scale. So I saw that and I was like, right, how do I do that? I want to learn how to do that because that, that connected with me in my heart. I want to help someone in the similar way that that guy's just done that, right? Um, but uh, all I had really, I say all I had, my, my craft at the time was fitness. And the reason I said all I had is because I was just a level two. I was actually a level one. I hadn't even done my level two yet before I, <laughs> I didn't, get myself a job. I didn't even know there was a level one. <laughs> I know. There used to be. There used to be. And I tell you what they used to use it for. They used to get kids on it in college um, to sort of just test that whether they were interested or not. And then if they were, they would do level two. And uh, yeah, I, I started out in a gym. I was employed for nine months. That's the only time I've ever had a job, like an employed job. Yeah. Um, yeah nine months on the gym floor scrawny guy like 19 years old trying to sort of show that i knew things and yeah. that i could help 
you know, I'd, I'd barely bench my own body weight, which would have been about 72 kilos at the time. I think we've all been there. I think we've yeah, all yeah. been there. I think it's great. It's great for character building and uh, gaining the respect on the gym floor. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, then, then it was um, PT was the, the next milestone. And the reason I'm, I'm, I guess, answering the question like this is because I've always had the design. Mm-hmm. The design has always been there to, to do the PT, have a, have a gym, which seemed like a, an incredible pipe dream. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you, if, when you take little steps towards the, the design, you achieve these things by the time you've like, done a, a year, two years, three years, you look over your shoulder and you're like, oh man, look, look what I've built. Yeah, yeah. And that's for anyone in, in anything in your life. If you, if you kind of have, and I'm very grateful that I had this at a young age, I'm not suggesting it's easy because it's not. It just it happened because of a lot of things, but mainly because of pain. And you've referred to my book, which I, I talk about that pain and the TED talk. The, yes. and the TEDx. I'll tell you what, that, that more than anything shocked me. Because obviously I've followed you for a very long time on social media. Um, and obviously, I don't think I ever mentioned it in a post, but I didn't know that about you. So when you were telling yeah. this story about it, again, we're not going to go into it now, but if people want to, to find out more about your story, I strongly recommend this to his TED Talk. When you were building this story up, I was like, where's this going? Where's this going? And then it hit and I was like, fuck. I just, yeah. I just I was sat there and I was like, fucking hell. So that explains to me your trajectory. Like, like where you've gone, it, 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 it put a lot of things together for me, about why you do what you want to do. And yeah, it, it's, it's very important that we do talk about it. And I, I really respect the way that you've um, laid that out there because it, I'm happy to talk about it. So yeah. I, my younger brother passed away um, unexpectedly when he was five days, five days before his 14th birthday. Yeah. At the time I was um, 20 and I'd just come back from New Zealand where I've been working as a personal trainer again, all by design. I wanted to go and get some life experience. I wanted to go and figure out, like learn from the best people in the world who I thought were really good people to learn from. And they, and they were, and um, I came back and I had like 44 days, which, which, uh, cause I counted those, those days afterwards. And I thought, man, like I was so blessed to have had that time. Cause I'd been in New Zealand for a year and a half and I'd missed that part of his life. Mm. Um, now, the reason that I'm saying it is because you mentioned at the start about the times we're in now. Mm. Um, they, are, they are challenging times and that challenge, the narrative of you and I talking now on the 1st of April saying these are challenging times could change very drastically in the next two weeks to mm. painful times. Mm-hmm. Um, things are going to change over the next few weeks. We, we don't really know how like, bad things can get or will get. Um, but what we can say, what I can say confidently and what we can talk about certainly today is that whenever there is pain um, and whenever there is fear, there is opportunity for confidence and opportunities for purpose. Mm-hmm. It's how we apply ourselves in the middle of the situation which determines whether we stay in fear and stay in pain or we mm-hmm. go to confidence and purpose. And that's what the whole talk is about and the book. And um, it links back to the original point of us talking, which was about the trajectory and when you know, and I, I hope this is, this is soft for people to listen to this and that they can latch onto it and use it as reassurance. But when you felt something, and we all have, mm-hmm. we all, we've, we've all felt something. There's no leaderboard on how bad, like, bad I like when you said bad. that on your TED talk, you said it yeah. doesn't matter, like, yours, what's happened to you, like, everyone's had it, and you never yeah. would wish what you've had upon anybody. But that doesn't take it away from somebody else that's gone through something yeah. that they felt equally the same. And that's something that I really yeah. enjoyed hearing on your talk. I was like, actually, 
you don't get people saying that normally it's people like no this is mine like well sometimes yeah. it's terrible like you can't match this but i like what you said it's like actually there's levels and just because or like the, the, like spectrums and just because yeah. yours is on this end doesn't mean that someone's on this end they can't feel the same thing yeah exactly that it's no one's right to be able to compare anybody's pain or, or anything with anyone um we'll never know what it's like to be anyone else in our lives we're mm -hmm. the only person we're, ever, we're the only brain we're ever going to drive and operate so yeah. we don't know we can't possibly make that judgment and so the best place to do the best place to approach is that we're we're equal and we feel the same feelings mm -hmm. so um if those feelings have been felt by people listening to this then when you look at that and you go like shit i'm well i'm still here and i'm still breathing and i'm still achieving stuff i'm actually I'm, I'm i'm actually a survivor of this i'm actually doing okay you can start that process of then right well if i felt that in the past it's given me an awareness to how fragile life is perhaps or how quickly things can be taken away and that's why the second part of the court um, the talk was called the clock is ticking because it's that awareness of i guess one day things are going to stop that spurs essentially most people um who have managed to do this but certainly me to just go for it um, and that's where the confidence reference comes in the confidence and purpose because you can actually think i'm here i would change it if i could yes absolutely i would but i can't and that's important to bear in mind in this day and age because we can't control a lot of the stuff mm. that's going on right now and just like you can't control things that have happened in the past they have they've happened but what you can control is how you feel about them and what you do next and that's why the last line was, you know, what you do next is a matter of choice because it really is. And so whatever's going on in your life now, listening to this, whatever's going on in the, in, in the external environment with the whole virus and everything else, you're the one who always controls your internal environment. Nothing or no one can ever change that. So how do you get people to have that sort of awareness? Because obviously myself, I understand that because of my own personal journey and obviously you understand that as well. But how would you get people... Because some people right now will be thinking, yeah, I get that, but I don't quite understand it. Like, how do I actually do that? What would you say to that? Great question. One of the best ways to practically approach this, because it's like anything, it's like the gym. You've got to train. You've got to practice. It's like a muscle. If you don't use it often, then it won't get stronger and it, and it won't change. Your thoughts need to adapt and change. And in particular, the questions that you ask yourself because mm. we all talk to ourselves all the time we've got an internal dialogue going on all the time inside here inside our heads the one question this is a great start point for people the one question to avoid speaking absolutely but thinking is why why me because if you ask yeah if you ask yourself why is this happening why does this happen to me why is it always me why does this always go wrong why can't i be happy all that happens inside your brain at that point is you get given reasons why so your brain just goes well because you're fat because you're ugly because you're shit because you're lazy because you can't do anything because you're so all of these fucking reasons come out that are inside your head i.e all the insecurities that were put there by other people over the years it confirms it to you yeah, yeah because yeah. you've asked your brain like your brain doesn't understand the positive and negative element it just understands the reference so it's like why has this happened to me well because you're shit <laughs> like that that's what that's what your brain will tell you yeah. you'll end up spiraling down so the way to intercept that is to avoid asking why but instead ask questions like what if mm. 
or how can I? Like, how can I look at this more positively? What if this wasn't my bad day, but was my good day? And then you start being able to just like, it's like having a room full of darkness and you've got your hand on the door handle and you've just started to open the door handle. That light's going to come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that just, yeah. Then, then all of a sudden you're going to fill the whole room full of light. But unless you push the door open, it will be dark. But it's just taking that time, isn't it? So noticing when that thought is going in there, it's just taking the time and having that awareness. And rather than straight away going in with that, why me, why me, why me? It's just just having that it's, as you said, that practiced awareness to just be like, what is this trying to teach me? And how is this going to help me? Uh, and I think that's what right now, that's what people, because as you rightly said, people are going to be going into their own heads right now and within a few minutes could probably convince themselves that they created coronavirus but actually just taking a second to be like what can i learn and how can i develop from this is a massive key thing that people need to take the time to do it is and that's a really great way to put it as well mate because one of the great questions that can be asked is what's the lesson Mm. what's the lesson it doesn't matter what it is there's always a lesson there because life goes on and if you don't learn what it is that that caused you the pain, what it is that's causing you the confusion, the frustration, the depression, if you don't learn what that is, how can you possibly know when it's coming again? Mm. The analogy that I use, it's like a medieval castle. So you're going to get attacked, 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 attacked. But when you aren't getting attacked, you have to use that time to build your defences back up again. And you have to have the awareness of, right, Last time, they brought this sort of weapons towards me. So I need to defend myself against that. So the next time, when they come back, which it will do, and they will do, you have to have that little bit more of a defense system because it's, what I say to people is they can never get rid of those negative thoughts. But you can have the awareness and have more control over it. Uh, and especially now, uh, and this is why I wanted to get you on so badly, is because... Even the most strong-willed person right now is going to be feeling the uncertainty of change. And it's about what can people do when there is that uncertainty to almost get their ships back stable again? Yeah, it's interesting that you use that analogy of the ship because it's almost like the ship is going to be subject to the water and we can't control the storm. No. However, we can to a certain extent, preserve and control the people. Mm-hmm. And like, I guess it's important. And, and I had a similar conversation last night about this. I don't intend, let me rephrase that. I intend to be someone with a positive approach to this, mm-hmm. but it's undeniable because of what I know about the human brain and because of what's on the horizon here. It, it cannot be ignored that things might get a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So um, what we've got to do, I think, is go back to basics and treat it as the people on the ship uh, are the most important thing, not, not the ship itself, mm-hmm. right? So if we have to jump ship, we bloody we will jump ship. Mm-hmm. If it means we're going to be together, if it means we're going to survive, if it means we're going to float to an island somewhere, we'll jump. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know 
you've kind of let, you've given me that on a plate a little bit there because I hadn't thought of this before, but I was just I'm I'm jamming with you here. Yeah. The ship in this in this example, I think, is like like um, my fitness or my um, my my work, mm. um, or it's like my oh, I'm I'm the football season. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. that stuff now. Um, Relevant. It kind of is because we are at, we're actually at war, global war, with an invisible enemy that is not hitting us with bullets, but it's hitting us with with cells. You know, it's mm-hmm. um, so we have to look at it like that. And and that again is is not saying it's about like doomsday thinking, but it is just knowing that if you aren't at the moment focusing on love. That means picking the phone up and speaking to mm. your family that you haven't spoken to that are you know a bit older, or it's like asking if you can help somebody who who might need your help. If you're not focusing on that, then you're going to possibly regret it. And I think this is one of the things where you can speak to this from a personal level yeah. because you've experienced loss on that level. So it's just like people now they take things and people for granted like oh my grandma she'll be okay or oh my mum and dad they'll be fine yeah and they almost let their arrogance and ego almost be like oh no i don't need to call them but as you've said holding on to like the football season right now it's it's just not the one yeah holding on to your business because before this happened like i had four businesses and my life was amazing but things happen and i'm looking to adapt and change but some people will be holding on to that as like their identity just trying to to hold on to this thing but they could potentially lose everything without even realizing it yeah and it's i guess quite important as well not to put pressure on yourself and, and act through guilt mm-hmm. um if you haven't spoken to someone for a long time, there's a way to approach that. And how would you suggest to do that? I I haven't been around as much as I should have been. Mm. I'm sorry. Um, if whatever you need, whatever you need, I am here for you. So you're turning it round completely, like coming from a place of arms open. How can I serve you, rather than? trying to turn it around and just be like, I'm sorry, you coming from, I, I'm, I'm here to help. I'm here, let me serve you. I think it'd be worth, if we were putting ourselves in the other person's shoes and they hadn't heard from you for a long time, now all of a sudden you're just like trying to, it, it can almost be like a selfish act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without that, without that open dialogue of like, you know what, I've, I've been, I've been a bit bad here. I, you know, I should have probably have, have done this a long time ago, but I'm sorry. And I'm here. People struggle with that in every context, not just now, but in anything. People like to blame it on other people, but actually now is the perfect time to reflect. And I keep saying this to people, like I want everyone, like one of my clients and the people listening to come out of whatever we're in, uh, whatever it's called, whatever you want to call it, a global crisis, to come out of it a better person. And if that means that you have to have awkward conversations with yourself and address situations where you've been a fucking dickhead, then now's the time to do it. Because again, it, it could be too late. And if it is too late, then what? So for me, now it's not... I hadn't really thought about it until until we, we spoke about it. But actually, like writing some wrongs... like Because what... It's what they do at Alcoholics Anonymous, isn't it? Um the alcoholics, uh, one of the stages, um, 
is they have to go out and apologize to people they've hurt and uh, it's almost like an, a release for them and from a personal level how refreshing would it be to come out of this and actually know you have nothing subconsciously crippling you yeah and um not to expect anything in return either for mm. for people listening if if you if you've got like a family conflict or someone you haven't spoken to for a long time i'm not suggesting that they're just going to open arm, open arms and welcome you back in it's all going to be wonderful they might act in a way that they haven't quite come to terms with that sort of sort of emotional pull yet so mm. you you shouldn't be getting sensitive if it doesn't work out um in fact sometimes if there's too much time and water under the bridge and everything else it, it can be like you make the move if not if nothing happens you you have got to forgive yourself mm -hmm. um, because they might not see that and they might never say it which if you don't pivot on that belief you'll always feel like it was unresolved mm. and isn't that powerful that's that's really powerful forgiving yourself I think yeah. that's one that, that that is that's very very powerful. There's there's a lot of stuff with that of uh, again the sort of subconscious level, like the energy level you're putting out there. If you're constantly playing the victim and blaming yourself, and you're carrying that round again, that can become your identity. Yep. And again, that's the last thing that people want. Again, I've not really spoken on any of my podcast about identity, but obviously we know more about that. But you don't want to be carrying that identity around like woe is me. Like just forgive yourself. Like the, as long as you're coming from a place of being genuine, I think that's the key thing here. If you don't actually want to talk to that family member because you genuinely think they're an asshole, then don't fucking try and contact them. It's from only if it's a place of being genuine. You genuinely, in your heart, feel that that feeling. Like you spoke about in that um, the TED talk. You said that feeling. Just something just spoke to you. If people are getting that thing, act on it. I think that that, that was one of those powerful things on that talk. By the way, incredible when you said about that. Yeah, it's it was uh, a like it, it, I watched it back, but the first time I watched it, I was a wreck because I just really wanted to. I don't get nervous about talking, speaking. Um, I don't get nervous about watching myself either. But I got nervous on both those fronts with that TEDx talk, mm. and it's just for one reason. And that one reason was because I knew that this was the biggest opportunity for me to tell that story, and I didn't want to tell it better than that ever again. You yeah. know. Mm -hmm. And I knew that at the, I've done like, I can remember only, only I think four or five months after he passed away, we, we set up a charity and I was giving an after dinner speech about how grateful we were. I was only, I was in like 21 mm. and people used to be like, Oh my God, he, you know, he's got such great strength to be able to do that. Well, I'd ridden on that for a few years now and I didn't want that to be the narrative. I wanted it to be that, that I was almost like you said, like it came out of nowhere because of the level of, speaking had improved mm -hmm. yeah? yeah yeah so just like an athlete would want to put in a, the best performance that they possibly could in like a world cup final you wouldn't want to do a mundane performance you'd want it to no. be as flawless as possible there was that element to my um, tedx talk as well so uh, i'm happy with it because there was a there was that mixture of the raw element of it because it did it always feels emotional talking about it mm. um, but the but this, this professional sort of speaking approach so that moment that you referred to definitely um, came out in that talk, but I literally walked out the door and like, I, it was almost like I got under the door frame, you know, mm -hmm. you know, like the, the, is it the lintel? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean. yeah. Yeah. I was like almost like dead underneath that. And something just went, just go back in there. And that was the last time I ever saw him. But I think and, so many people ignore that. So many people, yeah 
due to arrogance, ego, whatever it is. Embarrassment. Embarrassment. Yeah. Only plan again, especially male to male, man to man. Just going and saying what just your brother saying, like, no, you did really well today. Yeah. People are oh, no, I don't think I'm a pussy. But yeah. people will get that feeling and they just completely ignore it. Yeah, and what's sad sometimes is that it happens when it's too late because it takes that for it to come out. Mm-hmm. And we we've got again just making it. I'm just being real here. We we have to have that in our heads a little bit here. I don't think that any of the two thousand people. By the, by the way, it's the first of April while we're talking right now. Mm-hmm. Just over two thousand people in the UK have died as a result of the coronavirus. I don't think any of them two weeks ago thought that that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Do you personally think people should be worried then? And if they should worry, because again, for me, it's their anxiety levels. It's their anxiety levels that are going through the roof. And even people who don't suffer with anxiety, this is going to be going through the roof for them. So do you have some sort of advice for them to manage, cope or deal with this feeling about things they can't control? Because they can't control it, but... You know, they've been given guidelines um, to follow and stay safe, which gives them a bit more sense of control. But yet they're still going to be in a super anxious state. So is there anything uh, you could recommend people do? Is there anything that you've said to people you know or clients of yours? Yeah, there's a lot of ways to answer this. I think I'm just going to bring the most powerful one, and that's talk to someone who will just let you talk. Yeah, because mm-hmm. sometimes when we talk to people, it doesn't help because their 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 replies or, uh, or responses or they're just in, not in a receiving mood, and and you don't feel like you've kind of said what you wanted to say. Yeah, a little bit like that, and and a little bit kind of like you come out of it and you sort of held back a bit in the conversation. I get you. Yeah. You know the feeling, yeah. So we we want to be able to talk to someone that we go. Do you know what? I'm I'm shitting myself about this. What if I fucking die? You know, it's just get it out. Say the words. Say if you're not say, if you're not saying the words of the problem, then you're not talking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, we say we've got to talk about it, but there's no point. Going, hey, how are you? Yeah, well, I'm a bit worried. No, if you're not if you're not a bit worried, but you're actually really worried and you're anxious and everything else, you have to be saying those things. So if you don't, your brain's going to know you're lying. So it's going to double it up, yeah. and now you're going to go. Oh no, I've, I've even. I've even spoken to someone now and that didn't even work. It then allows them, it, it gives them the opportunity to be like, you know what? I feel the same fucking thing as well. Yeah, like, exactly. You, you open up the conversation for them. Yeah, which, which we totally need. Um, sometimes there's a need to, to think really quickly. Um, and then in other times, it's a very slow thought process that helps. And I always tell my clients that everything moves so much faster in our minds than it does in reality. Mm. Yeah. It can almost be like our mind's Mercury and reality is Neptune. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's a lot of difference in terms of orbit there, speed of orbit. So yeah, talking is a great way because it, it allows you to iron out the creases a bit. And I don't know. I mean, should people be worried? I don't think anyone should be worried about anything. Um, mm. To get that's to the, the response. I, that's the response I wanted. That's what I wanted you to say. That's what I wanted you to say. Well, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> the, the reality of it, and I know this is kind of your your vibe here, is you know, what about the practicality? Hmm. Um, 
to not worry about things like this takes again a lot of practice mm. it does it does and it's far easier said than done so what we can do though is because a lot of us have a little bit more time and in, well, in most cases there are obviously a small percentage of people which are working more than ever mm -hmm. um key workers obviously being one of them and those guys and girls are they are supporting each other yeah amazingly this. amazingly yeah you know, we're all cheering them on and everything else the majority of people who have a bit more time in their hands i would i would thoroughly recommend spiritual development mm -hmm. so how do you do that um, uh, you, you knew you already you already knew i was going to say that <laughs> <laughs> i would I, do you know what sometimes the best way with spiritual development is to just go on amazon and just type in spiritual development and just see which covers like which cover appeals to you yeah because you've got to go on that intuition it's the same kind of things we talked about just now you'll be surprised at how these things work when you're there's a saying in sort of spiritual thing spiritual stuff i guess um which is that what you're looking for is looking for you so i think that would be a, a cool way of approaching it because i could drop a couple of books but I just think it's better if people just have a little look on on there and because reading is a great way of doing it or an audio book mm -hmm. um i try to stay away from recommending spiritual books because you've got that um everyone loves to go to the uh, the power of now by eckhart tolle and yep. that is a fucking amazing book but it's so yep. deep and if people are yep. going to try and jump in on that level straight away they will miss the point of the book that makes sense so as you, yeah. I, I love that you've said that you've got go with what feels good and what stands out to you and go at your own level because recommending books is amazing but i think when it comes to spirituality from my own personal experience and what you just said kind of backs that up you've got to go at your own pace and what feels right for you because what spirituality means to me what it means to you we can be two completely different things yet with we're all, we're all looking for the same outcome but how i approach it and how you approach it are two completely different things absolutely yeah yeah, so that would be, and the reason for the spiritual development is because um, the majority of people haven't, like, in the last month read a spiritual development book or perhaps been open to spiritual development. And you'd never, you'd be, you'd be surprised if that's you, you know, listening, how much more it gives you on all the other areas of your life. Whenever I do an analysis on a, a client, when I when I first meet them, it sounds really like an analysis. I don't do like <laughs> I'm not a professor or anything like that. But um, we do a we do a, we basically look at the eight main areas of life, right? And we we put them up in in on the board, and we we rate them all, and we look at what's going on. And spirituality always always gets put eighth in mm. terms of what's most important to people. Like literally, I think in in like seven years about three people have put it not eight and that's because people just assume it's religion so they go right well i know my health's important my fitness my relationships my finances and they go through all the and then they just go oh yeah and spirituality number eight because i don't really know what that is mm. well everyone has an idea of what it is because everyone can get their head around the fact that they're alive and they will die you know that that's the first step in spirituality mm. um and then understanding then what you would like to a believe in but you don't even need to go that far a lot of people can get put off because they're like oh i don't want to believe in something i want to be religious 
it doesn't have to be what you believe in it just needs to be what you what you're willing to learn what you would like to learn mm. so if you would like to learn some of the spiritual teachings from a certain religion then perhaps go and learn them mm-hmm. if not then then don't go more sort of um bookshelf style how-to books you yeah. Know? yeah that's the great thing about it I think the biggest thing people get scared about when it comes to religion is they don't understand religion because ultimately all religion is the same core principles of how to get the most out of your life. And essentially for me, that's what spirituality is. Like, how do you get from point A, which is birth, to point B, which is death? And actually, like you said with the legacy, how how do you leave a legacy behind that is congruent with the kind of person you want to be because so many people live their lives not congruent with how they want to be and it's that friction uh, it's the friction that causes them the problems and they don't know how to change it but when you can just go internally and i've seen some great things on social media recently um floating about saying if you can't go outside go inside and I think that now is the time where people should be going inside to analyse and to become a better version of them and realise what the fuck are they doing in their life? Because if they're stuck inside, it now is there will never be a greater opportunity to look at where do you want to go with your life. And I think that spirituality is a key that most people are missing. And as you said, that they wouldn't have a clue really on how to approach it. Yeah, and hopefully that that's helped them today with a couple of things there that we've spoken about. I think that you put that really beautifully as well there about being congruent to who you are. And one cool thing that I do at events sometimes is, um, and if you're listening now, you can do this at home, providing, well, you're probably not, I assume they're not driving, maybe not at this Unless they're point. key workers, unless they're key unless workers, they're key we, workers, salute, we yeah. salute you. <laughs> Absolutely, or unless it's all, all over. And in that case, what's the world look like? Does it look good? Is it better? It's better than it is right now. Yeah. <laughs> so um, this thing that um, sometimes that I do at events is if you stand up and you put um, one arm out in front of you, out really straight like that, but you, you know you can't see me, but you put your arm out straight in line with your shoulder and you turn your palm to face your face. So you, you bend your wrist so that your palm's facing your face. If you imagine the distance between your eyes and your palm the answer to whatever it is that you don't know and that you're struggling with is there. It's within that space there between your palm and your eyes. So i.e. you already know what the answer is. You just haven't yet figured out how to unlock it. Mm. Either that or it's within touching distance. It could be the person next to you. Mm. They might have the answer. You just haven't asked them the question. It could be that your phone's in your pocket and that that might help you get the answer. And when we understand that the answer is only that far away at all times, it makes us feel a lot more in control. Yes, I love that. And again, it's like, like, like what I'm trying to say to people is focus on what you can control. And as you sort of spoke on at the start is people can control their thoughts. Always. And again, what you've said, that's the key thing that people who said, I feel so out of control. I said, you should never feel out of control because your brain right now is the most powerful tool that you can control. All you have to do is just tell it where to focus. You can either focus on the negatives, you know, keeps in more of them, or positives, and you see more of them. So I've been getting a lot of my clients right now into gratitude, gratitude journaling. 
just to try and retrain their brain and refocus their brain and get that reticular activating system working to try and focus more on the positives because there are positives out there. There's so many positives to this situation, so many positives, but all we're focusing on is the negatives. Yeah, there's and again, if you use that same system, putting your arm out like that, you can find something to be grateful for within that circumference, that radius. Love I have that. clients who, even today, she's going through a hard time. She's got a lot of things on a lot of different levels that are struggles right now, plus the whole um, situation that we're all in. Mm-hmm. And then today, she had another another bout of bad news, and she sort of said, you know, I, I don't know how much more of this I can take, and everything seems to be getting worse, and da da da. And whenever I hear that that downward spiraling tone in anyone, I always look for a way to break that pattern and start changing what they're focusing on, just like you put. Now, I said to her, um, what you can focus on is how grateful you are that you and your girls, she's got two daughters, are safe and healthy. Mm. And it just calms everything down. If you, if you're a parent or you you know you have either people or animals in your life which you care dearly about and you've got other stuff going on that's like problematic and you just go well you know what i'm so grateful that me and you know my, my people here are healthy mm. you know and and um just to be clear if that's not the case then there are still other things that you can be grateful for the fact that you have those people around you absolutely and even at the worst fucking part like the, the book, um, Back Yourself, the, the book I wrote, which you've referenced, you know, I talk about my brother in that, but I also talk about my granddad. And the reason that I did that is because, again, it's not about me, right? And you said that about my TED Talk, which I really appreciate, because mm. it's not about me, it's about you, and it's about people listening now. Even on the last part of this journey, we can still be grateful for all the things we did. Mm and all the people that we met and all the places that we went, because that's still a thought process we can control in that moment. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's again, at pe- all times. Yeah, people forget. They too easily forget. I think the biggest thing for me is when it comes to like, that whole, it could, be, it could be worse situation. And again, if you're in a situation where, like for example, someone close to you isn't well, shit situation to be in and people struggle to see the great, great uh, the gratitude in it especially when it comes to death people have got such a fear of death and there's a great book called uh, fear by titian Han. don't know if you've ever read that but it's a brilliant book on death absolutely fantastic um but so i had one of my clients and she's a nurse and she's basically an end of life nurse so every night she'd come in and she was very miserable very depressed because it's a sad situation to be in and i got to flip it on her head and i basically turned around and said you do realize that you get to potentially be the last person that that person ever gets to speak to i said that's absolutely amazing i said she's a lovely girl i said how powerful is that that you're the last potential person that person's going to say before they pass and completely flipped her head around and she's like i was seeing it such a negative when actually i can see it turn into such a positive and again there's always positive situations always sometimes you've got to scrape the bottom of the barrel yeah yeah exactly and I mean, it's, I think it's a privilege um, in those situations. And if you've ever been in a situation like that, it's, it's terribly emotional, but it's a privilege. Yeah, absolutely. You know, to share that last moment. And it's not easy by any means, 
like a lot of this stuff, but it's all about what we're telling ourselves at the time and what we tell ourselves afterwards. And I'm so glad that you said that because, again, on my last podcast with my good friend Scarlett, um, who's, who's a therapist, um, everything I talk about with myself or any guest on this podcast, it's not easy. Like, we make it sound easy. But again, you're further along your journey than I am. But it's taking you time to get there. So when we're talking about this from a place of we are good and we just want to help people, like we're good, let us help you. But we still have bad days. And I know you have bad days and I have bad days. And it's it's just important that people understand that it takes time. And to get there, you have to allow yourself the patience to get there actually allow yourself the patience to get there because once you do get there it will be the best and the most liberating thing that you ever do just to take back that control yeah that's a really great way to put it it's like if we were to meet again in a year's time what would you have wanted to change how would how great would you want to become because all that makes that possible or not is the series of thoughts you have for 365 days so um kind of goes back in a full loop to where we started about achieving things it's just because I had a lot of very lonely time in my head a lot of very and I was so young I I look back now and I think how pure I was and naive almost to life Mm. but I was doing my best um, to make sense of things in a positive way because I knew that it wasn't going to stop me Um, I knew that I had two people to live for now you know yeah, uh, because I also realized from like I can remember like within a three or four day window, it was like, what if it was me? And I could come down as like a, you know, a ghost and be like, right, you better live your life for both of us now because I can't do it. So you're going to have to do it twice as good. And I think so that for I, me, that's what I got from your talk. That's yeah, literally yeah. in my head. That's what I said to you at the very, very start. We literally have gone full circle. In my head, when I was listening to your talk, I was like, this is why he's doing what he's doing because he's basically living the life of his brother and the fact you still talk about him and you're leveraging it to help people and inspire people. Talk about legacy. His legacy will never die because as you're growing and progressing, you're still talking about him because he is your driving force to be like, well, I'm making the most out of this fucking life. And I'm so glad you said that. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I had to sort of get in there because like, that's the first in in your talk. It hit me. I was like, I get it now. I get it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's it. And these things you mentioned, practice. This has never felt as comfortable or as purposeful now, or since the book. Really, ten years that was, because it does take time. Hmm. But that's no reason to stop, or not to show up, or not to try, because even after a year. Or, or even after a day, I can remember I went to his school the day after and, and stood there in front of his friends. Even though you are not the finished product by like nowhere near who or what you need to be yet in order to wear this comfortably, mm. um, you still got to do your fucking best. That's all you can do. Um, I think that's a key message for everything now with what's going on. Just do your fucking best because no one has a clue what's going on. No one has a clue what the future holds. Do your best. And I think that's a really, really strong message. I always, I, mate, I always sort of end with that. When I'm so, also so grateful when people have music because I'm, 
I, I, I don't, um, so I think my boy's awake, but he's like, um, I don't, I don't want to sort of put across that I'm some person who knows more than people. I, I don't, I just have a way of thinking and a way of articulating those thoughts to help people. Yeah. And I always finish with, if you're doing your best, that's all you can do. Because it's not about listening to this podcast where we've put so much in, so much energy, so much like good stuff for people to learn and take from. It's very easy to then think, well, I'm so far away from this. I'm so rubbish. Like I could never be like that. Um, just do your best. That's all it's about. Just do your best. And that's a great point to finish on. Tommy, this has been absolutely incredible. Thank you for being so open and thank you for your time. Where can people find out more about you and where can people get your book from? Yeah, so they can get my book from Amazon, but make sure that you um, you do check out those spiritual books as well. While, while they're there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's on Amazon. And to get, I guess, a little bit more from me, um, Instagram's probably my most active place, at Tommy Gentleman. Um, but I'm on all the social medias and um, have a podcast just like you. So if you want to get in touch or you want to have a little bit more of this kind of thing, then yeah, I welcome you uh, along. Amazing. Uh, honestly, really, really, really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Mate, it's been great. Thanks for having me. Thank you.